Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's Live in the Bream with host of Fox News at Night, Shannon Bream. All right, this week on Live in the Bream, we have uh, a guest and a book that is very, very timely and fortuitous. And I, you know me you've listened, you know, I don't believe anything is a coincidence. So I think that this is um, just something that might have a little divine intervention and comes at a perfect time. So today with us on Living the Brain, Dr. David Jeremiah, he is the senior pastor of Shadow Mountain Community Church in San Diego. He has had numerous best-selling books. He is a pro- prolific author. This book is called Shelter in God, Your Refuge in Times of Trouble. Uh, and Dr. Jeremiah, that's where a lot of people find themselves right now. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, and you write this book and you dedicate it to the people who are, are out there on the front lines helping to fight COVID. I mean, you've gotten this book out very quickly from the time that this started to descend on the world. And you couldn't have known um, probably just how far reaching it would be, how devastating it would be. And then on top of that, here in the U.S., all of the unrest and riots uh, and the painful conversations about racial reconciliation and all the other things that are gone have gone on. So um, walk us through how the book can give us hope and confidence uh, and a way forward in those things. Well, you know, the, the Bible is a timeless book, Shannon, and the author of the Psalms, David, uh, the reason we love the Psalms is because every experience we've ever had is in there somewhere if we keep reading Someone once told me that there are more tears shed on the Psalms than any other book in the Bible. And the things we're experiencing right now in our, in our, in, in our time with the COVID and with all the other unrest, David experienced all of those things, and he wrote about them. He told what he felt, and he didn't leave anything out. You know, he told his story in living, in living color, and, and most of it was in prayer, and then at the end of every psalm, it kind of gets resolved. So someone told me the psalms start with a sigh and the end with a song. And in the middle of it is where we all are right now, trying to figure out how to deal with all of this, this stress that's a part of this experience. Yeah, and there's so many psalms that you break down and walk us through. And, and David is such a fascinating character in the Bible for so many reasons, but I think a lot of people know the highlights of his story, but they sometimes forget. I mean, this was a man who was pursued and on the run and living in the wild. I mean, for years he went through things um, that most of us would be terrified to try to confront with our enemies after us full blast um, and really crying out to the Lord, like, have you forgotten me? What am I doing out here? Um, You know, where do I go? I mean, he went through incredibly difficult, long stretches where he needed refuge in a time of trouble. You know, from the time he was anointed as king, 15 years happened before he actually became king. And during all of that time, Saul was trying to kill him, sometimes taking as many as 30,000 men for one guy to get him out of his life. And David ended up in caves, and he actually ended up in Philistia for a while. He, he went through every single kind of emotion you can imagine. And you, you hear him in these psalms crying out to God 
and and it's and sometimes you hear yourself in the same way because that's what you feel like for instance one of his favorite things was how long lord how long how long is this going to go on and i know i've i've said that uh, we just think we're going to be out of it and then we get another report that says no you you're not done yet this is going to go on for a while longer and all of those emotions are so uh, they're so very present in in the psalms themselves in the name of the book by Dr. Jeremiah is Shelter in God, Your Refuge in Times of Trouble. Um, you know, everybody has reacted in different ways, and we've all kind of had these emotional roller coasters as COVID has played out uh, and some additional tough things in the headlines and the news. Uh, and I've had, you know, a lot of friends, they all handle it differently, but some of them who really are physically alone, they don't have a family with them, or they may be sheltered away from their family, they felt very lonely. And I felt like so much of this book um, could be a real comfort to people who are struggling emotionally. I mean, financially, physically, people are struggling in so many ways right now. And there is such comfort sometimes. Um, I've had moments in my life where I just open to the Psalms and say, you know, God, please guide me to something that will be comforting and helpful. Um, There's really so much of that there, no matter what you're going through. Well, you know, Shannon, we do find ourselves in the Psalms. That's one of the reasons we love the book. Every emotion we have ever had shows up somewhere in the Psalms. The Psalm is a book for all seasons at all times. And especially, you know, the, the passage is like, no man cares for my soul and I'm all alone. And Lord, have you forgotten me? And where are you when I need you? And all of those cries that come from us when we're under such stress. And I think the thing that helps us most in the Psalms is the realization, first of all, we're not the first person this ever happened to, and we're not alone. That, this, that, that God has allowed this in others' lives, and that they have walked through it and seen how God works in their lives in the process of it. And that's what's happening to all of us right now. We're all asking, Lord, not so much why is this happening, but what is it that you want me to learn during this time? And we're all learning new things, and that's for sure. We are, absolutely. And another thing that I love about David is that, like the rest of us, he's flawed. I mean, he made some gigantic mistakes and horrible, um, you know, judgment errors that uh, a lot of us won't find us quite where he, ourselves quite where he did. But even with all of that, his life was so used and so redeemable. All of us, no matter where we think we've gotten off track or made a mistake or done some really horrible things that we'd give anything to take back. I mean, this is a man that God called his most beloved. I mean, he he's like, this is one of my best guys ever that I've created to, to walk the earth. And yet um, he really made some bad decisions um, and he still was able to come back from that. And we can too. Yes, we can. You know, there's a verse in Kings that says, in all of his life, David honored the Lord, except in the matter of Uriah. In other words, God said, David was faithful to me all through his life with one exception. And I couldn't help but think, you know, we all have exceptions in our lives, things that we wish we hadn't allowed to happen. But God doesn't see the exception first. He sees our lives. He sees, and, and the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. And some of the great things that David did in his life were after his failure. So God restored him and used him. And I, I think God is still in that business if we have a heart of contrition, like David expressed, like in Psalm 51 and in Psalm 32, where he confessed his sin and got right with God. 
Mm-hmm. And there's always forgiveness and thank goodness because we all need it. I ask for it every day. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I might not have a Uriah moment for people who um, don't know exactly what that story is. It's about adultery and murder and all kinds of things that right. uh, if you don't read the Bible, you may think, well, that sounds like a soap opera, but it's definitely part of the story. Um, but we all have things that we need to find restoration from. And um, we can follow through David's story and, and get hope through that as well. I have to ask you, being a pastor, being in ministry at this time, um, not only as we've talked about through COVID, which was the initial um, focus of the book, um, but also now through these tough conversations that we're having about our country's history, about how far apart some of us are from each other and the division and the chaos, the pain, um, the conversations about trying to make progress and find our way towards reconciliation and making things right. Um, what has it been like for you as a pastor and for those who are in ministry to try to um, just be a voice and, and be a, a help and be someone to bring people together through these very difficult things? Well, first of all, what we discover in times like this is that no matter what we say, it will be misunderstood by somebody. So you try your very best to give an even uh, honest hopefully godly statement, and yet still people misunderstand it. What I've come to more than anything else in this time is that the one thing most people don't understand, they they don't misunderstand, is Jesus Christ. In the midst of all of this confusion, in the midst of all of this unrest, there's one thing I know that I can say that brings hope and help and healing to people, and that's the name of Jesus, who is the, the Savior of the world and who stands ready to help us no matter what our situation is, who wants to bring us together. He is the great healer. And so I've tried to figure out a way to major on what God has called me to major on. And other people can argue about all of this. I'm not dodging the issue. I'm trying to make sure that people know in the midst of this, what is the question? The answer is Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus Christ, he will give you perspective He will help you work through all of these things, and uh, it doesn't mean that you won't have problems, but you will have an ally in the midst of them, and that's what I believe is, is full of hope for all of us in these days. Live in the Bream continues in a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and, and we're promised in God's Word that we will have difficult times uh, and that, like you said, we will have someone to walk us through those times and to guide us through and to shelter us, but not that they won't ever come, um, which I think is a good truth for people to um, accept and to hear and to know that it's part of the journey. Um, and you mentioned such a good point about being afraid or not being afraid, but knowing that uh, so much of what you try to say very skillfully and carefully, I think so many of us worry on these very hot button issues that in an effort to reach out, in an effort to make things better, um, we may use the wrong terminology or say something that's inadvertently um, you know, offensive. And I think that people are very hesitant and worried, even those who 
um, have the best of intentions. We know that um, they aren't always clear or that people who are hurt or in pain on the other side aren't going to receive it maybe the way that you intended it. Um, and, I, and I worry that, that good people on all sides of these conversations and debates and issues will, will worry about trying to reach out uh, or be afraid to make a statement or to take an uncomfortable step to reach across. Um, what would you say to encourage um, people to try to take that step um, so that we can have healing and progress, especially as people who call themselves Christians or modeling their lives and their, um, their entire being after trying to emulate Christ? Um, as far as wading into these things that are, are very tricky. Well, you know what, Shannon? Everybody hears what you say through their own experience. You may say something that is the purest of intention in your heart, and it may be the purest truth, but you have no way to know how those words are going to be received and, and perceived by others. In the midst of all of this, there's a great promise in the Bible that I have rediscovered, and it's this promise. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good courage, and I have overcome the world. Now, here's the key thing. He didn't say, in the world, you will have tribulation. Be of good courage. I have overcome tribulation. He didn't say that. He said, be of good courage. I have overcome the world. Jesus doesn't just overcome the tribulation. He overcomes the space where the tribulation takes where it happens. He said, I'm not going to just overcome the tribulation. I'm going to overcome the world. When I put my trust in Jesus Christ and count on him as, as my Lord and Savior, and especially my counselor and friend during these days, if I put him in the center, there may be misunderstanding, but Jesus is able to overcome that. And I think people, if they really are honest, can tell whether we're speaking from our heart, whether we're speaking out of love, um, whether we're trying to make a point, or whether we're trying to, to, to bring people together and love them. When we do this in the Spirit of Christ, then we have the best opportunity for it to be understood. And we have to do that with all of our heart and leave the result up to God. That's all we can do. You, one thing you know, Shannon, you cannot determine what somebody's going to do with what you say. You can only say it in the right spirit. Yeah, like you said, I think that people can often feel if you are coming to them with love and in a genuine spirit of, of trying to reach out and make progress. I had a friend today say, um, she's African-American, and she said, you know, I've had so many people come to me with questions about race, and I'm kind of like taking all these questions, and I'm, I'm happy to do it. Um, but then when I find sometimes I try to express to people what my experience is and why I feel the way that I do, they then want to come back at me with evidence or facts to rebut what I'm saying. And she said, listen, if you want to come to me to have a, an honest argument and understand what my experience in this country and in this world is like, that's one thing. But if you want to come uh, and ask me questions so that you can then fight with me about it, that's not a helpful conversation. I mean, that's, that's not moving the ball forward. Um, and that's not taking the time to understand my viewpoint or my experience, which is such a big part of listening to someone and trying to find some common ground is to, you know, walk in their shoes. We're, we're called to do that. Um, so I thought that was an, an interesting take from her. And as you said, we have to be genuine in the way that we approach people and approach these conversations. Um, I wanted to ask you in writing about the book, do you have a favorite psalm? Was there one you enjoyed writing about the most or something that's the most comforting for you in times of trouble? Well, I had a couple of them. Uh, psalm 142 is the psalm about David in a cave. 
and he went in this cave uh, to get away from everything because he was so stressed out. And when they found out he was there, all the off-scouring of the community that knew about him showed up, and he ended up with 600 men in there with him. The Bible says they were debtors. They were in distress. They were in worse shape than David was. And here he is now trying to get away from God, uh, from all of these problems, and he's in the cave. And he goes into the, he, he describes what he's going through in such graphic terms. But then in the end, you hear him talking about lifting up his voice in praise to God. And I envision, I don't know if you've ever been in a cave and, and, and spoken and hearing the echo. I hear David begin to sing. And then in my mind's eye, I almost can see all these 600 men beginning to sing with him as they lift up their praise to God. He starts out in the depths of depression, and he ends up on the heights of praise. And that's where God wants to take us. And the way we get there is we go through the Psalms. We go through the Scripture, and we allow the Scripture to lift us up out of the despair we feel because of what's going on. That's why I love this book and why it was so much fun to do it because I know what will happen when people read it and what, what will take place in their own heart, because that's what the Psalms do. As a pastor, too, through this uh, last several months, very difficult, um, people not able to worship together. Uh, I was able to go to a church this week for the first time in, you know, over three months, maybe four months, um, where they had social distancing and you had to make a reservation and get a ticket and wear masks and the whole thing. And I thought, you know, I'm to the point where I'm willing to do all of that because it just means so much to me to be able to be there with other brothers and sisters and just to sing together. And it was emotionally, it was overwhelming. I think people have felt so isolated from worship as well. And I know every church and every state is handling this differently. And as there are spikes, there will be different ways to handle it. But what has it been like for you as a pastor to lead a congregation when you couldn't do the things physically that you would normally to do on Sunday that people think of quote unquote church, um, though we understand that to be a broader term that the people are really um, the church and you can worship anywhere. Um, but it's been unlike anything in our lifetimes. Let me tell you what our journey has been like. We started out with uh online services. And, you know, I usually have about eight to 10,000, 8,000 people in our church on the, on the weekend. All of a sudden I'm preaching to 80,000 people every week because they're all listening. And this is going all over the world where all our missionaries who are all over the world are watching. And, and we did that for 15 weeks. Shannon, two weeks ago, we went back to church in California. You can do anything outside. So we set up a huge amphitheater on our campus and we brought in a, a rock concert stage with big LED screens. And last weekend, we had 2,000 people in church outdoors. It was the most glorious thing. I, I mean, I, was, I told my wife when I got home, for 15 weeks, I've been speaking to empty seats. Right. <laughs> and today, I got to preach to real people. It was such a wonderful experience, and I could just see the joy of the people. Most of them had masks on. It was, I mean, it's a strange situation, but we were together. We had everybody, you know, distanced, and all the seats were in the right place, but we were together. We're in community. The Bible says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, and when you come together as God's people, and you see at least the elements of the church starting to reconvene. It was, it was just wonderful. I can't tell you how blessed I was. 
Me too. Absolutely. It was just um, to see each other's faces and to kind of share the burdens together and the overwhelming emotions that people have felt and be able to worship together. It was a huge blessing. And uh, I just, you know, we'll see where we go from here as um, some people aren't comfortable coming back yet. And I, I think that they're so grateful for these online opportunities to be able to worship from their homes while they make decisions about um, feeling safer and staying healthy, they at least have options. So I'm, I'm glad that you all have offered that. And in the meantime, too, uh, this book, Shelter in God, Your Refuge in Times of Trouble, is a great read, whether it's COVID or something else that you're struggling through. It's very encouraging and it gives people, I think, some hope through some very difficult circumstances. Um, Dr. David Jeremiah, we thank you so much for making time for us in this encouraging book. And you are such a prolific author. I know there is more to come as well. Thank you so much. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.